Welcome back, everybody. This uh, we are we're going to go back to our format here for this podcast of Facebook questions. Um, I've been getting a ton of them, and I thank you guys for that. Um, I love the interaction that social media allows us to have. <clears throat> Facebook, Instagram, always getting lots of questions. So the one thing I I, I caution you, and I I want to make sure everybody understands is. I'm, I do my best to get back as quickly as I can. I've got a list of, uh, we, uh, we're coming off of a holiday weekend here, Labor Day. Um, I didn't. I did my best to do minimal stuff with my phone, so I didn't answer hardly any questions. Um, I did some stuff for our whole egg licking stick, but um, very few of those. And and so I have a lot of questions to always play catch up on. So if you do send me a question, don't. Um, it might take me just a little while to get back to you, but I will get back to you unless I accidentally delete the question. And I do that sometimes too. Ben has seen me do that on Instagram. Uh, and hit, instead of hitting accept, I hit delete, and then I lost the question. So I do lose a few of them. Um, but I, I do my best to try to get back to, to folks as quickly as possible. I've got a few to play catch up on. Um, but this is one that I was going to type an answer to, but I realized I, I think it's a great question for the podcast. Um, I've had a lot of retrieving questions coming up late recently, um, issues and struggles that are coming, coming into play, uh, with folks that are, that are having some, some things, some, some problems, I'll call them, um, when it comes to retrieve. And, and so they're all a little bit unique, but there is a lot of overlap on them. This one in particular, um, came from a guy that, and I jokingly said it back to him, and I hope he realizes I was joking. I said, hey, I just read your book. I mean message, because literally it's a book. And so I'm going to read it um, because I read through it, and I realized quickly the best way to me to, for me to answer it would be a podcast as opposed to trying to type it out. Um, so I, I literally typed him back a response saying I'd like to do tackle this as a podcast. Um, so I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to read it to you. I read it once and I purposely didn't read it into great detail because I want to kind of digest it with you. Um, I think it's very realistic. Um, it's literally how I, I I'm, you're going to hear me verbalize how I would process it internally in my head. Um, and so I may go back and forth. It might be a little more confusing for you, um, but it, it may shed some light into the, the, the way I think about things when it comes to addressing and analyzing and breaking down hurdles. Um, I run into them oftentimes with my dogs and, and that's the way that I approach fixing it is breaking it down and, and um, reverse engineering it to a point because you kind of figure out where the problem is. You, that, that shows itself well and easily. It's figuring out how to fix it and how do you fix it is usually almost always it's going back um, sometimes it's starting over. Sometimes it's just taking a few steps back. It just, there's so many variables, but I'm going to read you through this, this guy's question and then I'm going to just break it down. Now he did break it into paragraphs. There's a bunch of them. Um, and some of them are pretty good size. So I'll read through it. And then this is how I would analyze this thing. I'd read through it myself, making probably mental notes throughout. And then I'd go back and I'd probably tackle it because he's got it broken into paragraphs. I'm assuming they are broken into paragraphs for a reason. And I'll tackle them kind of um, step by step. I do think it's important to break down the whole problem first and have it in the back of my mind because as I break down paragraph one, two, three, I may know there's something coming in four and five that add value to my analyzing. So 
I'm verbal. I'm verbally telling you how I would break it down in my mind, and then I'm going to actually do it. So I'm going to start reading it. I have a standard poodle that will be two in October. She's highly intelligent, probably the smartest dog I've ever been around. I'm having issues with her digressing. Up until recently, she loved to retrieve, and it was a huge game to her. But since I have tried to make it the training more formal, she has all but shut down. It has gotten to the point where she might walk out, pick up the tennis ball. If I really work at it, she hide and and she hides if she let's see. If it's gotten to the point where she might walk out and pick up the tennis ball, if I really work at it, she hides if she I think that's a new sentence. She hides if she thinks I have a bumper. She used to be very birdie on frozen game, now wants nothing to do with it. I'm not sure where to go from here. That's the next, now that's the first paragraph. So kind of an intro to what we've got here. We've got a dog that is struggling to retrieve, lost all enthusiasm for retrieving, maybe walks out to pick up the tennis ball, hides when he's picking up bumpers. So that's how I'm thinking this mentally. He's got a dog that is and, and shutting down. Um, so second paragraph, I think it all stems from the fact she had become gun nervous and would shut down at the sight of a gun. I don't know why. Wasn't an issue early on. She doesn't have problems with most loud noises. It's specific to guns. Anyway, knowing she was very birdie, I thought maybe she would be would make maybe she would make a positive association if she connected the gun to the retrieve on a bird. I had tried a bunch of other methods without real success. We fired a twenty two pellet rifle as she was making a retrieve and it scared her. I believe it had the opposite effect. Negative association on the retrieve. So, really glad he shared this with me. Uh, It's clearly been diagnosed by him. He had a dog that was retrieving well. There was, somewhere along the way, there was poor introduction to loud noises and or guns. It created a very negative. Then we tried connecting retrieve to guns to try to fix the idea of retrieves. And now we have a dog that doesn't like guns and doesn't like to retrieve. Uh, Struggle. That's a struggle. Okay, next paragraph. These deeper issues didn't manifest right away. It has been a slow progression over the past few months with a sharp uprise over the past month, namely when I tried some very formal steady retrieves. When things get very controlled and I don't let her break, she loses interest. I know part of it is confusion because I can't hardly spin her up for a retrieve about a retrieve now. She used to randomly grab other our other dog's toys and instigate a game of fetch. And now she doesn't do that. So, uh, that paragraph is telling me that it didn't happen overnight. Wasn't a, wasn't a one and done thing. It, it got worse and worse and worse slowly. Um, my thought right now goes, damn, I wish you'd have stopped right away. Um, because you've got months now of downward spiral so you've got months of habits and those habits are negative so um my 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 wish is that you'd uh, recognize the the negative or the backwards progress and stopped but that's okay we'll keep working through it um so let's keep continue through um so and then at the end you know she used to randomly grab toys and instigate a game of fetch now she doesn't do that yeah i wouldn't either if i hated the game so that's not surprising Um, So now next paragraph. During this time, I had a dummy launcher bumper and I had gunpowder and a dove wing on it and tried to make her retrieve that. I think those smells had a very negative connotation and it really turned her off because I have seen the sharpest decline since then. I believe that it was when she started showing the fear of the bumper. So again, recognized 
um, some things here. I'm glad you're self-diagnosed, and I'm glad you have the awareness of, of what has happened. Um, it's just those are approaches I probably wouldn't have used. I wouldn't try to combat the idea of negative negativity to a, uh, a negative reaction to the gunfire and then, then a coincidentally a negative reaction to retrieve because gunfire was associated and now trying to overcome it with a dummy launcher is the last thing um so we're, we're you made some steps you, you went backwards um so now next paragraph and i think this is very um this is a real interesting and real valuable point so listen up right away i'm frustrated and disappointed she was supposed to replace my eight-year-old labs who started suffering from seizures when he makes marked retrieves, only when he sees them fall. I think it's related to the excitement. It's not much of an issue if he has to hunt the bird up. Anyway, my, so that different subject we'll touch on in a second. Anyway, my wife says I should start over from scratch, but I'm not sure how to do that since I struggle with her, struggle to get her to retrieve at all unless it's tennis balls. Also, she has had some hold conditioning. I didn't realize what I was doing when I started watching, till I was started watching your videos about a month ago. But I began force fetch when she was six months and she took to it pretty quickly and has always had a natural delivery and hold that I always encouraged. She's highly sensitive dog that shuts down with any pressure. So I quickly learned I couldn't force her to do much of anything. But she learns quickly and once understands, does great with commands. Um, the key to this is the first line, I'm frustrated and disappointed. Um, there's no question the dog knows you're frustrated and disappointed too. That Going back to the very first paragraph, the dog nearly, I think it says, um, up until recently, she loved to retrieve. It was a huge game to her. But since I, since I have tried to make the training more formal, she has all but shut down. Imagine that. You've become frustrated and disappointed in the process. The dog is shut down. You followed up in the end with saying she is a highly sensitive dog that shuts down with any pressure. So I quickly learned I couldn't force her to do much of anything. All these things are adding up to shut the dog down. So I don't think it's one thing or, or one thing in particular. I think it's a combination of all of them. Um, so you again you recognize it and i appreciate that i think that's real valuable and 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 a, a good uh start but now it's what the hell do you do to try to reverse some of the stuff so i have wondered if i should abandon retrieves do hold conditioning with bumpers birds sheds etc to try to reintroduce retrieves then guns i'm assuming i should hold condition each item i want her to retrieve so let's just now, now I think you're you're telling me some of your ideas on it. I think it's my initial thought with it goes back to the idea of I use this analogy, um, this this thing that you can visualize a brick wall in the road, and then you come across it in in your travels, and then the idea would be put my head down and ram through the brick wall. Uh, that's one way some people try to get through the brick wall. I'm a bigger believer in stopping, taking a step back, looking for a door. Um, the door might be to the right, might be to the left. It might not be in the straight path that you figured you should be taking. Um, so I don't think um, that that I, I don't necessarily agree 100%. Some of the stuff you say, I you know, it says I wonder if I should abandon retrieves. I think abandon is a f pretty strong word, and usually, uh, again, this comes into reading thing into things more than maybe maybe you should. But 
the word abandoned to me means quit, means a negative connotation. Um, I don't want it to be a negative. Do I think take a break? Yes, I do think take a break probably. Um, different way of saying abandon is all. So it might not be how you meant it, but that's how I read it. Um, next paragraph. Also, she's very nose driven to the point of distraction. I have highly considered game recovery. Should I consider moving in that direction instead or in conjunction? I know I'm all over the place, way too much to discuss via message. I'm really glad you said I'm all over, I know I'm all over the place because my thought when I first read that paragraph was, I'm going to read it again. She's also very nose-driven to the point of distraction. I have highly considered game recovery. Should I move, should I consider moving in that direction instead? You are all over the place. Like the idea of is to the point right now where you're jumping from, you know, you're jumping from in the very beginning here uh, where I heard you say, she's highly intelligent, probably the smartest dog I've ever been around. I'm having issues with her digressing. Uh, the pro, the deeper issue didn't manifest right away or no, that's, I want to read about, I want to read about the part where your big plan was to have her replace your other dog. What paragraph did I find that in? Here, I'm frustrated. She was supposed to replace my eight-year-old lab who started suffering from retrievers. So you had, from seizures, you had pl these all these plans for this dog. Now, remember, the dog's two years old, and I call them puppies until they're two. So let's just start that out right away. But one of the things that I think is interesting is you're all over the place, and you admit to it, and you are. And in in the the last six paragraphs that I've read, you've gone a lot of different directions. Um, and in the end, you're going, maybe I should just 180 and, and audible and punt and do the, do it completely. Maybe I should just go do game recovery. I think you need to take steps back. So I'm going to finish it out because this is the end of it. Then it says, any advice is greatly appreciate, appreciated. By the way, your name is Maggie. So, wow, huh? Lots of stuff there. Um, so now I'm just going to start to attack it. And so what I think is following up on your ending here with the direction and the, the lots of directions that you're going in a short period of time, I think that's part of the problem. Um, and I think that's why you're sending me a message. So I'm not faulting you for it. I think you're sending me a message because you've run out of options and you've run out of ideas and your level of frustration is probably beyond where it should be. Um, and, and so unfortunately, that's where we're at. Uh, fortunately, we're here. So yeah, what are you going to do, right? You got, you got to start, we got to start addressing some of these things. So the answer to the very end there, no, I don't think you just abandon ship. I don't think you just go and decide, okay, now we'll make it a game recovery dog. Again, I think it's a puppy. Again, I think you've got deep, deep rooted problems um, that have been probably created. Um, a lot of them have been created um, directly or indirectly by yourself or others. Um, maybe it wasn't you. I don't know who did it, but at some point the dog had a real negative introduction to a gun. Um, not a not a desirable thing for a dog that you're going to hunt in the field. Um, tough, real tough. Um, can you can you get past it? Yeah, I think you can. Um, does it take a lot of time and patience? Yeah, I, I know it does. Um, are there different ways of doing it? For sure. Will one way work all the time? Absolutely not. Like, I think you're going to probably have to try a lot of different ways 
because um, I don't know. And, and this is the hard part with the disconnect. If it were me, I could try certain things and then respond and react accordingly based on reaction, where I'm not going to see that, so you're going to have to. Um, so you're going to have to really give, you're going to have to give it your best shot, your ability to read the dog. Um, again, I think part of these problems may come from your inability to read the dog to this point, because you've, you've tried to push through some situations that probably the best thing to do would have been something different. And that can't, would have come from understanding and making better decisions when it comes to reading, um, getting, getting their feedback on, and, and how they respond to something and then adjusting or reacting accordingly. Um, but, but that's okay. You're, that's why you're here. Then that's why we're here. So I'm going to start talking about the retrieving part and the gunfire part first. Um, I know you, it sounds like, tried to use one to help the other, and neither of them were going good. Now neither of them are going good. So let's, let's put that out there for everybody. When you have a dog that gets to the point where you've got some anxiety, um, issues with loud noises, gun shyness... Do not try to overcome it with something else that the dog likes and loves and, and you want to love. Um, that's a real powerful, the gun shyness thing is real powerful. And you can probably spoil other things quicker than you'll fix the gun shyness. So don't do that. Um, the, and we'll talk about the gunfire stuff second. Because right now I think what you need to do is you need to get the retrieve back first. Um, I, I, I think I would forget about the gunfire stuff. And I work on making sure that you don't go get worse at it. Um, now, there's certain things you can't you can't control. Um, and and I have dogs that get a little bit. Um, I get dogs that are skittish of thunder. Um, Spry. We had a thunderstorm go through this morning. Spry did not like it. I mean, it sounded like our house got hit. It was loud. Uh, Spry doesn't like it. Spry goes and hides in the corner when there's gunfire. Spry or when there's thunder. When there's gunfire, Spry can't stop shaking in anticipation of getting a retrieve she loves it so there there that's just her personality she doesn't like thunder um it's different for whatever reason than gunfire and i think the reason is is because we introduced her to gunfire properly and we introduced her to gunfire after the retrieve was just a really really wonderful thing to her and the way she got through any hesitation if there was any hesitation with gunfire was her connection to positive so it's going back to the, th the thought process that you had here of hey she loves to retrieve let's connect it to gunfire the problem is is your dog was gun shy already and so my dog wasn't gun shy when i introduced her to gunfire using retrieve I used retrieve as a nice reward and a way to distract or take away from the attention of it. But I introduced her to gunfire uh, clearly in, in a different way um, than how whatever it is that happened with, with Maggie, um, whatever, it, whatever happened, happened. And, and you, can't, you can't go back on it now. But it was different than how we, I'm sure it was different than how we introduced our dog to gunfire. So retrieve part. Now, you do mention in here, um, I'm going to find the paragraph. Uh, let's see. It's about, you talk about the tennis ball. So let me find this. Um, let's see. Um, here. 
has gotten to the point where she might walk, and that's in all caps, out to pick up a tennis ball if I really work at it. Okay, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to go, well, then let's start there. Um, what does the scenario look like? I, I, there, was a, there was a comment in here about one of the issues came up uh, when you started to get formal with your, retra- with your training. Um, let's see. It's got, da, 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 da. there was a part here where you said slow progression over the past few months, uh, namely when I tried some, tried some very formal steady retrieves. When things got controlled and I don't let her break, she loses interest. Okay, that's a clue to me too. Right now, if you have nothing, then don't worry about steadiness because the steadiest dog that doesn't retrieve doesn't do you any good. So I look at it and I go, okay, I am taking the wheels off. I'm taking the chains off. I'm going to take off any of the harnesses that may be hesitating and, and go back to. So when your wife says, uh, it says here, you have a line in here that says, Anyway, my wife says I should start all over from scratch, but I'm not sure how to do that since I struggle to get her to retrieve at all unless it's a tennis ball. Again, the tennis ball has come up twice now. I think your wife is 100% correct. I think I start from scratch, and I think I treat it like it's a puppy making retrieves for the first time. And so I think you have to find out where and what and how you're going to get the dog to retrieve. This is where there's no black and white answer. This is where there's going to be experimenting. I think tennis ball, if she retrieves a tennis ball and she thinks it's fun, let's use that. If it's a squeaky toy, let's use that. If it's a balled up sock, let's use that. If it's a racket ball, if it's a, I don't care what it is. Um, I really don't care what the object is. If it's a pop bottle, maybe she likes the crinkling sound of a, of an empty pop bottle. Um, Whatever it is, I find something that she'll pick up and play with. And it might mean she has to play with it first. It might mean that it's a two-foot retrieve. Pitch it, let her pick it, take two steps back to you. Pitch it, and it's just a game. And it is 100% spin the dog up and get the dog excited because it needs to be positive. So I would go back to the idea of it's a puppy and get that thing fired up and forget about being steadiness. Forget about any of that stuff. If, if you can't get the dog to, you might have a problem getting the dog to pick something up. So my first step would be just get it to pick it up. If that's the case, if I can't get the dog to pick it up, my step one is just get the dog to pick something up. And it doesn't even have to bring it back to me. I mean, that's, I'm, we're going way back to like the very beginning. Break down the retrieve. The retrieve, in order to get a retrieve, the dog must go out, pick something up and bring it back to you. So first off, you might not be able to get the dog to go out. So don't make them go out very far. Make it be one step. Second off, they got to pick something up. So if they can't get something, just get them to go out to it. That's one thing. Get them to go out and actually pick something up. That's another thing. Then worry about them coming back to you with it. Like literally break this thing down by baby step, baby step, baby step, and get one at a time. And some of them will go faster than others. And some of them, you may t- it may take a few days or weeks. I don't know how long it's going to take. But what I want is for you to find one step in the right direction from zero. And so I would start out at zero, which means I'd take at least a week off. Don't do any retrieving. Don't even think about it. Do heel work, do swimming, do recall, do do something that's forming good habits behaviorally, and then make sure it's not super structured. 
Um, do not get down on the dog. Be a friend of the dog. Get the dog to trust you, like you, be okay with you, because this is going to be a big hurdle coming up, and you're going to need him on her on your team. So we're going to win the dog over from a trust standpoint. Um, and then from there, we're going to start fresh. And so then we're going to get whatever step one is. If it's running out to it, get that first. If it's picking it up, get that first. If it's making the retreat back to you, get that first. Whatever the step is, you get it. You get it. And then you're going to take baby steps from it. But in the process, you're going to do one or two successful and then be done for the day. You're not going to have a good day and decide we're going to get it all back today. All of a sudden, the dog does pretty well for one day, so we're just going to push it and keep going and keep going. And then you're going to get done by that session, and the dog's going to quit on you, and you're going to be pissed. And then you're going to lose everything that you had gained, and you're going to be right back to the idea of shutting that dog down because you've told me already she's sensitive. And you are the one that shuts it down. You're also the one that picks it up. Remember that. You are the one that can shut the dog down. You are the one that can bring the dog up bring their spirits up. So keep that in mind. And this is going to be a process that's going to be a baby step at a time, like one little minute thing. And you're going to do it once or twice, maybe three times, and then you're going to be done. And then you might do it again tomorrow. And you might do it two days from now. You might not do this every day. You, you're going to have, that's again, going to be reading the dog. You're going to continue to go forward as long as the dog is happy and wants to. Any sign of it fading, you're just going to be patient. And let it, and I'm going to use this line of it'll happen when it happens. You're going to have to be okay with that. And until you're able to be okay and say, go change from I'm frustrated and disappointment to I'm okay with it taking as long as it's going to take. That's the attitude that you'll need. It won't be I'm frustrated and disappointed because you won't be able to go forward with frustrated and disappointment. You will be able to move forward if you go, you know what? I'm going to try something different because that didn't work. I'm going to try something different because it might just take a little bit. I might take a break for a while and I'm okay with it because she's only two years old and I've got 10 more good years with her. So if I can get it done in the next couple of years, that'll be positive. I think that has to start and it's got to be, and it, and it can't be just lip service. It can't just be, I'm going to believe it because he said to do that and I'll try it. And if it doesn't work, then I'm back to this. It, you honestly have to feel that. And, and believe it 100% because trust me, your dog feels it and your dog will know if you're BSing. So you're going to have to do that. And then it's going to go one step at a time and you're just going to get a puppy to make a retrieve. And you're going to forget about steadiness. And I'm going to have you forget about polished delivery. And I'm going to have you forget about all that stuff. Just get a nice retrieve. Just get a fun retrieve. And then when you get a fun retrieve, then maybe get the dog to sit and pause slightly. And from that, you can start to build back to steadiness. And it's going to be short and sweet. And you're going to build on it. And as long as it remains positive, and if you do your job, it will remain positive. And then you'll get a dog that starts to steady up. But because then you go pick up, then you're going to go pick one up once in a while. You're going to do denials. Denials really build drive. I can't believe how many people over-retrieve their dogs. They retrieve, retrieve, retrieve. I call them meaningless because you'd gain nothing from it. But... A denial, you throw it out and you go pick it up yourself. And the dog has to resist that temptation. It not only creates steadiness and, and quiet and patience, but it also builds desire. Because when they do it well, that, they get the big reward. And so instead of me giving them steak at every meal, it means something when they get the steak. So the retrieve doesn't come every single time they see a dummy fly. 
And so build the desire. So you might be able to start building in some some denial work at some point. And then from there, you're gonna that's gonna be, at the same time build some of the steadiness stuff up. Hold conditioning. I won't think about hold conditioning until you get a retrieve, a fun retrieve. And then once you get a fun retrieve and you're confident that it's fun, then hold conditioning can come into play. But you brought it up already. And I'm glad you found us because I think your approach with hold conditioning will be much more, um, much better results than force fetch. As you stated here, you struggled with force. Force fetch was good to start out with, but then she shut down because she just is highly sensitive and doesn't take pressure. Force fetch is not going to be the way to get that dog to deliver. Um, so hold conditioning will probably be the fix, but that's going to require, I don't hold condition dogs until they like retrieving. And so that's sometimes, you know, that was Spry's thing. We didn't, we couldn't really hold conditioner until she wanted to make a retrieve in the first place. Because you hold conditioning isn't training the dogs to retrieve. And I think that's some of the confusion where some some force fetch um, people call it trained retrieve. I mean, it's this. I don't know. It's just the way you call. It, it's just what you call it. I think it sounds nicer to say trained retrieve rather than forced fetch or force fetch. So whatever. I don't. They don't think it makes a difference. The idea of what it if what it is is the biggest thing. And so trained retrieve is misleading to the idea of you're training them to retrieve. I I don't hell, if you have to train your dog if you have to train a retriever to retrieve, something is wrong. Like you shouldn't be training a retriever to retrieve, in my opinion. Um and 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 so retrievers retrieve, let's be honest. Uh we polish the retrieve we polish the delivery that's where hold conditioning that's where forced fetch the value should be a good delivery a solid delivery um so and it fixes some of the some of the other issues that can come up in retrieving so i think you worry about that later you just get a retrieve it doesn't have to be polished yet it doesn't have to be real formal and then when you do get to the point at some point you'll get to it where you'll start to polish it and then you go through hold conditioning without pressure without shutting the dog down and and i've got another one that um this is a spin-off it's another question we're gonna probably touch on but another caller or message message came in that talked about dog spits the bumper out every time dogs every time he asks it to sit down well what are you asking it to sit down for don't you don't have to if that triggers it to sit don't if that triggers it to spit the dummy don't have it sit until you're practice it during hold conditioning so again i'm going off on another tangent here but um the hold conditioning process should be fun too and it should cover everything from moving with their feet a um, little bit of recall with a dummy in their mouth it all starts out just sitting on a table um tethered off so they can't duck out of it and so you dig into the hold conditioning part which we have dvds on we have videos on our youtube we have all sorts of information on that so but hold conditioning will have to come, but it'll come later after the retrieve is good. The gunfire is a completely separate animal. We're going to attack that completely different timing, completely further down the road. You have no reason to have a dog accepting to gunfire if you can't shoot, if you can't get them to retrieve anything. So don't worry about gunfire until you got a dog that retrieves. And so the gunfire part of it, we're not even going to involve a gun to start out with. We're going to call loud snapping, clapping of hands. We're going to make some, when the dog retrieves, which it's not retrieving yet. So this, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You got to get the retrieve. And then when the puppy goes out, when the dog goes out to make the retrieves, yours is still a puppy. I'm going to make some real loud cracks. Uh, my buddy has a dog that's a little sensitive to it. He's using uh, packing, big plastic um, 
they're air bubbles. And he pops these air bubbles when the dog goes out to make retrieves. There's lots of different ways where we can replicate some noise that's going to be a little bit uh, more like a gunfire, but it's not going to be a gunfire. We're not going to shoot 22s over the dog. Um, that's not how we're going to overcome this. We're going to do things at great distances. We're going to do things that are positive, positive, positive. Retrieving is great as long as it's positive, uh, but there might be things that we do not associated with retrieve because you, now you got, not only do you have gunfire negative, you have retrieving negative. So I'm probably not going to try, I'm going to try to fix retrieving first and then I'm not going to tie it to gunfire again. Uh, we'll figure out another positive thing. Uh, maybe it's swimming. I don't know if your dog likes the water or not. Some poodle pointers really like the water. Some standard poodles are big water dogs. So we might, we're going to find something that the dog really likes and we're going to associate some type of loud noises uh, a variety of types of loud noises without a gun ever being involved. When it does come to a gun, it's going to be at great, great distances. It's going to be with helpers. And we're going to slowly work and progress how the dog acts accordingly. And if the dog gets too nervous, you're going to take steps backwards. Uh, that means if you're at 400 yards away with a 410 or a starter pistol, the best thing I think to use is a little starter pistol with a little cap they call an acorn cap. Uh, it's super soft. It, it almost You almost can't hear it 100 yards away. It's that soft. That would be what I would use at a great distance so that you can barely hear it. And then you see how the dog responds. And if the dog responds to that negatively, back away. Go further away until you can get to the point where you can. It's so soft. I mean, make it so that it's like regular everyday noises that are a little bit louder. and don't. The dog can't be afraid of everything. I mean, or it wouldn't be able to live. So you find the level that it can take, and then you just slowly add to it. Um, but though that's going to be a completely separate issue. We're not going to deal with that at the exact same time that we're dealing with these retrieving things. I think you take a break from all of it for a little while, and then you start in on it one at a time. What's the sequence? I don't know. Um, you know, you, you, I, would, I would try to figure out how to unlock the retrieve, because to me, that's, that's a real important part of it. Uh, the gunfire part, we'll work on that later. Um, but I, I would, that's, I told you how I'd kind of start going about it. But, um, so that kind of covers, I think, uh, this question better detail than I could have written it more words, uh, more description than I would write it. If you've got other questions, more specific, um, the guy who wrote this, I'm not going to say his name necessarily, but if he wants, if he's listening, I'm going to send him a message and say, Hey, podcast is recorded. Listen to it. Let me know. Um, if you have more questions, because we can talk about it. But this is just a huge can of worms um, that I'm really glad you brought up because you're not the only one. And there's a lot of folks that are listening to this that probably have one or more of these symptoms and, and, and struggles. And I think even if they don't have them specific to this scenario, the frustration part, the being becoming angry part, uh, the disappointment that you're feeling is probably shared by many, if not all of us, at one point or another in the training. And how do you deal with it is how you get through it. And so you just can't become to the point where you want to throw your hands up and give up. Um, you'll never get through it with that way. Uh, the dogs are just too smart. The dogs just understand too much. Um, and we just, you just can't, you just can't, you can't put your head down and run through the brick wall, and you can't be upset. I I, I just I just started watching. I rewatch a lot of stuff. I watch in a video that was filmed. I don't know. It's in the eighties, I think. Um, it, John Halstead. He's from from England. 
Um, I'm watching a video that he that he did. It's called the Drake's Headway, uh, training the Drake's Headway, something like that. And the guy, it's really old and really dated, and it's lost nothing in all those years. It's just still super valuable. And so I'm watching the beginning one because I'm looking. I'm just I'm I like to polish up on stuff. And one of the things that he talks about in the video and. And I just, I believe in it so much, but I forget about it sometimes until I hear someone else say it. And then I'm reminded of the importance of it is he talks so much about the value of the relationship with the dog. And he talks about picking the right, he uses more, he uses it in the chapter that he's talking about picking out the right puppy. And he talks about the value of picking out the puppy that you really like. Pick one out that you like. Because if you, and then here's the, here's the simplest explanation. And, and goddamn, is it logical? Pick out the one you like, because the one you like, you're more likely to be nice to. And the one you like and are nice to is the one that will give you back the most. So when you pick out a puppy, don't pick out one that you don't like the looks of. Don't pick out the one you don't like the attitude of. Don't pick out the one you... Pick out the one you like, because you're likely to spend more time with it and enjoy it. You're likely... What I think he's saying is, and what I like to say is, be friends with your dog. Like them. Don't be disappointed and frustrated with them. I think we start out with this idea of when we get these puppies, we expect them to, to just develop. And if they don't do it naturally 100% and we don't know how to influence it and, and steer them in the right direction, we become a little bit bitter towards them because all of a sudden we think they're doing things to spite us. And the reality is, is they don't ever they never do things to make us mad. They, they're not people. They, they want to make us happy. They don't understand at times. And if it's because they don't understand that they make mistakes, it's not their fault. It's our fault. And so become friends with the dog. Like them. I, 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 I find more and more importance and value in that every dog I train. I like my dogs right now more than I've ever liked my dogs before. And it's not a coincidence that I seem to get more and more and more out of the dogs the further I go along in my training. And it's because I like them more. I love them. I really do. And I love the improvement that we get. I love the process that we're in. I used to not love the process. And it made it really hard to take it any further than I, wa than I was. It just, we hit roadblocks. And so enjoy the process. I... If you can turn this situation into a positive by going, you know what? Look at the challenge I've got to overcome. What an awesome opportunity for me to become a better trainer. If you can truly feel that way, trust me, it's going to go a lot better. It, it, it just takes you believing in that. You can't, like I said before, it's not lips. You can't, you can't fool dogs. You can't trick them into thinking, I like you. You have to really like them. You can't trick him into thinking it doesn't bother you that you're running into these problems. You have to let that not bother you. And so it's a bit, that's a bigger picture, um, broad, much broader general statement, but I just think it applies um, to every dog we're working. And so um, it was a great question. Uh, I hope I did, my, I did my best to cover it in detail. It's a little bit longer of a podcast for us than we're used to, but I think it just, it's justified. Um, but try some of that stuff. Don't, my wife has a saying, we don't use it so much with Sierra anymore. Red, red, our daughter is 10 
and we don't use it so much anymore, but we used to use it a lot. And I, I, my wife used it. I never heard of it until my wife started using it, but we'd ask her to clean her room and her room and her room would be messy. I mean like tornado messy. And we'd ask her to clean her room and she'd become a bit overwhelmed and frustrated and she'd deep sigh and, 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 and there's so much, Mom. There, I remember her saying, there's just so much here. There's so many things I have to do. And her mom's answer was always, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. You, it doesn't matter how much there is on your plate right now. You've, get, you've gave me five different problems. And you w- cannot fix them all at once. So you eat an elephant one bite at a time. You fix your dog one issue at a time. And usually... If you're smart about it, you start with the right one, and then that one helps you on the next one, and that one helps, then you fix that, and then that fi- helps you fix the next thing. They're all kind of linked together. you got to figure out what order you should do it in, and then be flexible because sometimes that changes. Sometimes you're going to have to fix something and then fix a little something else and then go back to fixing that. and It's just it's very fluid, but it's one bite at a time, and that's how you'll get through it. So great question. Uh, continue to send questions like that, guys. I've got a couple of them that we're gonna um, that I've saved and earmarked um, as as questions that we'll do be doing on podcasts. But thank you so much for listening to this one. Um, do me a favor if you're finding value in this, which I'm so overwhelmed by the number of messages that we get back. Um, it seems like every time we post one, I I'm gonna be a broken record with this because I just think it's important for you guys to understand how much it means to me. Um, and to all of us here, Wonder Boy here gets, I put him through, man, I'm giving him more stuff to do. But when he sees it, because I know he sees it as well, comments back, thank you, this, that, I've gained this, I got that. You don't understand how much that means to small companies in general. So not just us, but anybody. If you're getting value out of stuff, just reaching out to them and letting them know, man, that that gives a, a lot of energy. It puts a lot of wind in people's sails. So I urge you to continue to do it. I thank you for it. Um, I, I just truly appreciate the support you guys give us. If you would be willing to do us a favor, uh, subscribing, turning notifications on on our YouTube, um, all of that stuff allows us to track information, uh, find out what is and isn't working. Um, but it also gives you access to tools uh, quicker, more efficiently. So YouTube, at Dogbone Hunter. Our social is Instagram or in Facebook, at Dogbone Hunter. Uh, you're already here on the podcast. If you're listening to it on the website, you can subscribe to it on any of the podcast apps, just about any of them. I think yeah. you can get it. you got to search out the Dogbone Podcast, yep. P-A-W-D-C-A-S-T. Um, but you'll be able to find it. Or you can always go to our website. We have a, bl- a blog on our website. We have... Um, a podcast tab that you can you can kind of find the library of all that stuff. Um, but please, if you would follow along on these on these, if you're on those on those platforms, um, it just means so much to us, and I thank you for it. So that's it, uh, another one in the books, and we uh, will continue uh, down this road. I just I I'm re- I'm enjoying the podcast more and more as the weeks go on. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm.